Hi, this is Dan Sullivan, and I'm here with my partner, Peter Diamandis, and we're going to talk about exponential wisdom and wisdom about thinking about the future in entirely new ways, because entirely new ways of living in the future are coming on board. And Peter, ever since we've met, one of the constant conversations, both privately when we get together, but also on the podcasts and within the context of Abundance 360 has been human longevity, which you've been very deeply into. You're a doctor from Harvard, so you have been introduced how to think about medical things at a very, very early age. So tell me, just in the space, since we covered this extensively about six months ago, what new things are you seeing developing on the healthy lifetime extension? What are you seeing there, Peter? Dan, always a pleasure. And you know, when I think about what do we care about and where do we want to have an impact, it's uh, the quality of our lives, the health of our lives, the length of our lives. I mean, one of the things that's a realization I had is all of us, no matter where we were born, no matter how rich or how poor you are, we all have the same amount of time in a day. You know, we all have 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. And the way that we express our wealth and our success is by buying back time. You know, you and I have talked about this in Coach, Mm -hmm. where you might buy back time by Ubering around. I buy back time by having a couple of private planes and skipping TSA. And you can buy back time as well by being healthier and living longer. For most of human existence, as we became hominids and homo sapiens, the average human lifespan was in your mid-20s. You would have a baby at age 13, and then by age 26, your baby was having a baby. And in a day when food was scarce, if you wanted to pass your genetics along, the best thing you could do is die and not take food out of the mouth of your grandchildren. Because as the big adult, if you competed, the baby starved, it was gone. So we didn't want to live that much longer. But today... You know, when food is abundant, when we've got Whole Foods and McDonald's and all kinds of other things, I think we all want to live as long as we can. And so I've been studying this. And as you know, I've now started three companies in the longevity space. I've invested in others. And I'm tracking this. And I think for the first time ever, I'm seeing and hearing a conversation that's very different. We're starting to see people talk about aging as a disease, not an inevitability, that we can start to understand why does the human body begin to break down? What is it that's going on? I remember, and I've told this story before, when I was in medical school, I was also doing my engineering degrees at MIT, and I remember seeing this TV show about long-lived sea life, turtles, whales, sharks, that could live hundreds of years, and I asked the question, if they can live that long, why can't we? And I said, clearly it's an engineering problem, it's a science problem, it's a software or hardware problem, And so we're finally getting the tools to understand that. We have massive genomic sequencing capacity. In 2001, it was $100 million and nine months to sequence a single organism, or a single human, I should say. Today, it's 1000 bucks. Next year, it'll be 100 bucks. Illumina announced a $100 one-hour human genome sequence, which is incredibly cheap, and it'll get cheaper from there. Mm -hmm. The other thing, we now have CRISPR-Cas9 that we can begin to go in and edit your genome to fix a problem. And we have large-scale machine learning that will help us understand what's going on. The human body is a very complicated system. 
but we're beginning to understand it. And we're beginning to attack the three major causes of death, heart disease, cancer, and then finally, you know, heart disease in your 50s and 60s, cancer in your 60s and 70s, and then neurodegenerative disease in your 70s, 80s, and 90s. So that's the first part. But let me pause there and, and ask for your reflection here. I would say in addition to the other components of even having this discussion are psychological, sociological, and political issues, because right now our societies are basically geared for having most of the people die at a particular age. This is encouraged through the whole notion of retirement. One interesting statistic, when I was born, 1944, the world population was 2.2 billion. Mm. And in my lifetime, it's gone from 2.2 billion to about 7.5 billion, just in the course of one lifetime. You've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I haven't told you about some of my side interests. But the thing that I find really interesting, because for the last 43 years, I've only spent it with one particular aspect of society, and that's entrepreneurs. And I think that my greatest achievement, if I look at the 18,000 entrepreneurs who've been through Strategic Coach, I've disabused them of the concept that they should retire. I said, you know, first of all, it's kind of a recent concept in society. It only dates from around the 1870s that there would be a retirement age, and then there would be some sort of state help to support you. But you may find this interesting, Peter, that Social Security in the United States came in in 1937. And there was a statistic in the late 90s, this was 97. So they were looking at 60 years of payouts from Social Security. And the average payout in 1997, uh, 60 years into the program was 29 months after 65. Okay. And this was a crisis for them because when they established the 65, you would retire at 65 and you would get the payout, the longevity in the United States was 58 years. Wow. So the government just saw this as a money-making. What a scam. <laughs> this is the Ponzi scheme of Ponzi schemes, you know, that uh, you would get that. But now, within the last 20 years, it's shot way up because people are just living much longer than the actuarial tables had predicted. But still that concept of slowing down, stopping what you're doing, not working, not being useful anymore, is a very, very powerful thing. And what I've tried to get my entrepreneurs to do is to say, instead of 65, why don't we think of 85 or 90? You're gonna work through till 85. And I've had phenomenal success with that. I, I think I've shifted the brain of almost everybody who's come into the program. I said at 65, if you've taken care of yourself, you're at the top of your game. You have a mastery of what your business is because you created the business in the first place. And don't think about stopping. I said, if you stop, it's a signal to the universe that wants the parts back. So don't be thinking in this. I cannot stress this strongly enough. And I 100%, 1,000% agree with you. Stopping in retirement means you're ready to retire your bits back to the universe. And the stats are pretty staggering. There's such a mental game in mindset. We talk about mindset all the time, this mental game in mindset. I fundamentally believe that I can add hundreds of years and I'm working and I'm searching towards 
that. I'm looking at the companies, mm -hmm. looking at the technologies, doing my best to take care of myself. But retirement is in one crazy sense. It's not scientifically valid, but I think retirement is a leading cause of death because you give up and you slow down and it's just game over. I just had a brand new group start with my 10 times program yesterday and I got them to rearrange the number that they plan to die. So the first exercise that I do, I said, uh, I have a box here and I'd like you write in the age at which you're going to die. So I picked somebody and it was 86 and I said, okay, let's talk about 85. And how do you want to be physically at 85? And the person says, really fit. How do you want to be mentally sharp? How do you want to be financially totally free, you know, independent freedom? And I says, what about your relationships, the quality of the Oh, lots of relationships, very warm and supportive. And I said, what do you want to say about the life you've lived for the first 85 years? Oh, you know, it was totally productive totally gave back. So I said, okay, you're physically fit, you're mentally sharp, you're financially free, you got great relationships, and you've lived a really, really productive life that you're proud of. What do you think the chances are you would die at 86? And they say, oh, I don't think I would. Well, I says, how many years beyond 86? And he says, probably another 20. So I said, okay, so we can move the number from 86 up to 106. And then I get them to say, well, if I gave you another 20 years, what would you do with it? And all of a sudden, the ideas pour out and everything. And I said, what about your business right now? Are you thinking of winding down? The person was 50 years old. And he says, no, I wouldn't. You've just given me another 20 years. And I said, well, it's a number. And my belief is, Peter, that everybody has a number somewhere in their brain that's dictating when they should get ready to die. 700, 700, 700, 700, 700. 700. I'll, I'll repeat 700. that as, as many times as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah, I, well, On my I, 50th birthday. This is the only time when I bring up my goal of 156 that I feel I'm saying something normal compared <laughs> to your 700. I said, everywhere else I'm a freak, but when I'm talking to you, I said, you gotta be crazy, that's an unreasonable idea. Let's talk about that because there's a phrase I've come across. My doctor, who's really my quarterback for all my fitness and health, Jeff Gladden, who you know, Jeff and I really got together at our first meeting in Silicon Valley when you and Ray did the weekend video series, yeah. and he's become my quarterback. He's a cardiologist. The thing we talk about constantly is that there's a thing called the Hayflick barrier. And the Hayflick barrier is on record so far, you know, this is where we actually have birth records and everything else. The longest person who's ever lived is 122 and a half. This was a French woman who died, I think about eight and a half years ago. And she was also the first person who was ever 121 and she was the first person who was 120 on record. And there's a huge number of people, a growing number of people who are past 100 that are now getting past 110. But there seems to be a set of barriers where everything starts falling apart. So can we talk about what is needed to extend cell life? Yeah. Because this seems to be the biggest barrier. So let me lay out the way I think about this for folks. I think it's fundamentally important here. And I share everything openly and transparently the first thing that people need to realize is the fundamentals are the fundamentals. Eating healthy, getting sleep, getting exercise. 
those things you need to do. So I'm starting to focus more on my sleep. I don't have my Aura ring. It's charging right now. It's O-U-R-A. It's a ring that helps me monitor my sleep, the quality of my sleep. I just wear it and it gives me heart rate, gives me my REMS, deep sleep, total sleep time, and so forth. O-U-R-A, right? O-U-R-A. I'm going to have them at Abundance 360 this year. If you can't measure it, you can't impact it. Mm -hmm. We talk about this, right? So Mm -hmm. you need to understand not only the amount of sleep you get, but the quality of the sleep that you're getting. And it gives you great information. So having great sleep is important. Eating healthy, I am very much on a no sugar, minimum sugar, I should say vegetarian or vegan with addition of fish for protein. So, I mean, that's how I eat. Exercise is fundamentally critical And getting enough exercise in during the day is something I need to do, we all need to be doing. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's the first thing. The second thing is not dying from something stupid. What do I mean by that? I'm a pilot, I fly two airplanes, I've got a Model S and a Model X, and I think about that, that these vehicles have hundreds of microprocessors, hundreds of sensors measuring everything going on, and if anything's out of a little aberration, I know about it in advance, and I can fix it before something goes traumatically wrong. For most of us, that's not the case. We end up going in to see the doctor when something hurts and he says, you know, or she says, you've got this cancer or you've got this kind of situation and it didn't happen that morning. So we're going to get to a point in the not too distant future where we are constantly being monitored. Until that time, you need to figure out some mechanism. So Dan, you've gone through human longevity and I'm helping guide the transformation of human longevity into something that will become eventually, it will become an annual membership. Mm-hmm. I'm working on demonetizing and dematerializing and democratizing access to this. I want you to imagine that every year, at least once a year, maybe twice a year, you'll go spend four hours, you'll be digitized. Your genome, your microbiome, your metabolome, full body MRI, brain imaging, brain vasculature, coronary CT, all of this stuff is happening. We generate 150 gigabytes of data about you And then we analyze against the top 20 leading causes of death. Do you have any symptomology in any of these areas? And you do that every year, Mm -hmm. every year, every Mm -hmm. year. So that eventually, of course, you're going to have one of these things pop up. And you want to see it at stage zero, stage one, where you can fix it. Ultimately, I think that's the way we don't die from something stupid. So I think that's the second phase. Exercise, sleep, healthy eating is the first phase. Second phase is digitization of your body to understand what's going on and then attack a problem when you find it. Mm -hmm. The next phase is going to be the regenerative phase. And this is where it's stem cells and other certain things, potentially like GDF-11. And I'll come back to that phase, which extends the lifespan. On the second phase, let's talk about something. You know, I run into people who say, Peter, I just don't want to know if I'm going to have that genetic disease, or if I'm going to have that cancer, I just don't want to know. What do you think about that, Dan? Well, I had the experience, thanks to your introduction, Babs and I went to Human Longevity. We went down and we spent the whole day, and then we started having the conversation with the specialists at Human Longevity, and they took us through our gene map and our biome, which is another area which is emerging as very, very crucial, is just what goes on in your gut. What kind of bacteria do you have in your gut? All the entrepreneurs that I coach, they're very, very interested in what I'm doing from a fitness and health standpoint. 
And I would say, coming back with that information, about half the room didn't want to know. They didn't want to know really why I was doing it, but what they really didn't want to know, they say, I, if there was something really wrong with me, I wouldn't want to know about it. And I said, well, you're going to find out. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you're going to find out. I said, what you're saying is you don't want to know about it right now when you can do something about it. You'd rather find out about it when you can't do anything about it. As good as medicine and science are, there's a point where you've gone too far with the damage, and you're probably not going to be able to pull it out. Here's an example what I mean by that. There's a new blood test that Jeff Gladden introduced us to, which is called Oncoblot, and it came on the market about two years ago. Even if there's a single cancer cell, it shows up on the test like a neon light, mm -hmm. you know, so you get this Oncoblot test, and I get it every three months because I work with Jeff, and it gives me a sense of assurance. He says there's 18 cancers that they're looking for. I don't know how many total cancers there are, but if you're taking care of 18 of the most, probably where they have the greatest number of tests yep. and they've compiled them, I want to know everything. You know, my attitude is I want early warning on every possible thing. And I think that there's a whole mindset about having early warning. I mean, you're talking about your Tesla S and X. Yep. What it's giving you is early warning. And I think that we're moving in an age where sensors in all areas of our life, but especially in this central most important one, we have sensors that are simply going off if something is at the very early stage of trouble. So my whole idea is to know as much as I can as early as I can so that proactive strategies can be undertaken right away. And then, of course, area number three that you talked about, the regenerative medicine, because I'm 73 right now, I would like to have my body all filled up with the gene capability of a six-month-old or a one-year-old or whatever it is, where they have 10 times more recuperative power than I do. Let's talk about that, but let me just mention one other thing for entrepreneurs listening to us and Next Wisdom. You're an entrepreneur, which means that you find a problem, you fix a problem. And, you know, God forbid we find a cancer or a disease, you know, the chances are there is something you can do for most of these things. And the earlier you find it, the more you can do. And then if there's a incurable disease, well, then hell, I would want to use my wealth, my intelligence, my network to attack it as if my life depends on it, because it does, <laughs> <laughs> and change it. I know a friend of mine, Martine Rothblatt, she's an amazing entrepreneur and one of her daughters had a incurable disease pulmonary hypertension and she was previously an FCC lawyer knew nothing about this ended up going heads down and focusing on solving her daughter's problem starting with a high school biology textbook to learn about biology and what a cell does and all of that ended up finding an abandoned drug that had some relevance developing it, going through phase three clinical trials, ultimately saving her daughter's life and building a $6 billion pharma company in the process. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that a entrepreneur can do when they're motivated and have the right mindset to, I refuse to let this slay me. I will go and slay it back. Mm -hmm. So that's important. Okay, mm -hmm. So the third phase is, so our bodies in our youthful state 
I have two six-year-old boys coursing through their blood is these young, healthy populations of stem cells that go to places of inflammation, go to places of damage. They differentiate, they become new bone, skin, neurons, whatever the case might be. And it's constantly in reparative state. And that's great. But as we grow older, certain things change. And so what is that? And how do we rejuvenate our body? And I think this is where a lot of the excitement is. At A360 this January, I'm going to be bringing three companies to the table. One is a brand new startup out of Harvard that is called Elevian. I'm watching them. They're very smart entrepreneurs, the top scientists out of Harvard, out of Harvard Medical School. And these guys are commercializing what's come out of the young blood experiments. Mm-hmm. I'll come back to that in a second. The next company I'm going to bring to the table is a company called Cellularity, a dear friend of mine, Bob Hariri who is probably one of the top stem cell scientists in the world. And we'll talk about what stem cells are able to do as rejuvenative. And this is the idea of injecting cells into your body as a pharmaceutical. So I want you to think about a cell as a chemical factory, a cell that is a computer. And the cell membrane is a input-output sensor. The cells are traveling through your body And they're measuring the chemicals in the milieu of your body. Oh, look, over here we're seeing inflammation, okay? The inflammation markers are sensed by the cell, and then the cell puts out a countervailing set of chemicals. So it's input-output. So the notion here is can you inject into your body these youthful stem cells that begin to rejuvenate your body? And in mice, you're seeing 30 to 40% life extension, you're seeing the reduction of autoimmune disease, even a significant impact on disease like autism, a wide range. Mm-hmm. The third company I'm bringing to the table, I'll save it as a surprise for when we're there, but let's put it this way. It's a private company it's no one heard of. They have raised money. Their last round was at a $12 billion valuation. If they can do what they say they can do and what they've done in dogs and other things, it's off the charts miraculous. So I'm thinking about the questions I want to ask and the mindset questions I want to ask at A360. And no, I do the same thing about, okay, when do you think you're going to die? I want to ask that question again after they see these three companies, because I wouldn't be surprised if people reset their expectations of how long they're going to live by a large margin. One thing I just wanted to say, Peter, along the lines of whether your mind is open to this or not, and it's not related to medical issues, but it's related to kind of the situation you've gotten yourself in in life. And I said one of the three things that I've noticed really predispose people to die early is, first of all, they've run out of friends because they only had friends their age and they're all dying off now. And I've really noticed this since I turned 70 that people all of a sudden don't have friends anymore. They may have had older friends who are already dead, but they haven't made younger friends, Mm -hmm. okay? So they don't have a social support system anymore. Number two is they've run out of money. They haven't planned properly, and now they're dependent or they're at subsistence level, or they can see in five years they're gonna run out of money So the time after five years is going to be negative as far as they're concerned. And number three is they don't have any purpose because their purpose was very occupation-based or it was, we're going to grow a family and the family has grown. 
So there's some motivational factors that have disappeared from their life of going further. And I've really worked with this for 30 years to always make sure that I'm constantly populating my life with people who are 10 years younger, 20 years younger, 30 years younger, 40 years younger. And I never really had a lot of friends at my own age. You know, I had a lot of older friends who are gone. You know, I became an entrepreneur so that I would have complete control over my money. You know, I, I make as much money as I want to make. And the third thing is that I've got a rule. I have a book out called The Laws of Lifetime Growth. And the first law is always make sure that your future is bigger than your past in terms of what you're interested in and what your goals are. So when I was 70, I established another 25-year framework ahead of me. And I said, you know, when I'm 95, I'm going to be a lot better coach than I am right now. And as fit as I am right now, I'm going to be a lot fitter when I'm 95. It's amazing to watch people hear this because they say, well, how are you basing it on? Well, it's the type of things that you're talking about. I'm looking for fundamental breakthroughs in the area of science and medicine and fitness. And because I'm looking for them, I'm hearing them. I mean, you have to prepare your mind for this. Yeah, I mean, you talk about sensors that outside of ourselves that tell us things. We have to have sensors inside of ourselves to actually pick up on crucial information. I fully agree with you, Powell. And one of the things that I can offer to my friends and colleagues who are members of Abundance 360 or members of Abundance Digital. And there's a few seats left. There are, but, you know, depending on when people are hearing this, it may well be full, but you, yeah. know, you can go to a book. You never know. To, you never you know. Go, you, can, yeah, you can go to a360.com. It's not sold until it's sold, Peter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we got amazing response. But anyway, the reality is I'm going to be sharing with my community everything I'm learning about, mm-hmm. all right? And it's a constant conversation because the greatest value I can deliver is knowledge about the breakthroughs going on. I was just with Ray Kurzweil last week. We spent the day together catching up and brainstorming. We did a a webinar to the abundance community as well. And we were talking about this notion of longevity escape velocity, which is a fascinating notion. It's the concept that for every year that you're alive, if science can at some point extend your life by more than a year for every year that are alive, that means you're living indefinitely and you've escaped death, so to speak. I asked Ray what his prediction for when we're going to reach longevity escape velocity, and his answer was uh, 10 to 12 years from now. So as I like to say, don't screw it up and die from something stupid in the interim. And the tools that we have now are extraordinary. Listen, the body and all of the complexity of our genomics and understanding it, it's massively complex. And so many times you hear about situations, you have no idea what's causing it, Is it an infectious disease? Is it genetic? What is going on? And sometimes you never find out, but we're learning more and more and more. I'm reading constantly about science and discoveries in that area, and there's no bigger marketplace to commercialize than extending the healthy lifespan. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot's going to be done in there. And so this next decade is critically important. Mm -hmm. If you had three mindsets that you were going to recommend to people to develop on a daily basis that would... One, put them in a position that they would, as early as possible, 
take advantage of the breakthroughs, what would the three mindsets be? You've gone through this yourself because you were 20 and 30 years ahead of everybody else that I know thinking about this. So you've developed these mindsets. So when you say mindsets in relationship to longevity? Yeah, and longevity, yeah. yeah, for themselves. Yeah, so I believe that if you believe you're going to die, you will. I think the body can sense the spirit and the mind. So I have a inner focus, energy, passion, desire for a long and healthy life. And so I exude that, I believe that. So that mindset of believing if you're going to have a a long and healthy life, I think is first and foremost. Um, The other one is of constant excitement and curiosity about the world. I'm more excited about tomorrow than I've ever been. And that increases every day. We're living in this most extraordinary world where I can't wait to see what's going to be happening. It's just a world of excitement, a world in which anything is becoming possible, that we're living in the miracles constantly. And it's just part of why I want to live for hundreds of years is to experience what that's going to be like. Mm -hmm. And then I think ultimately it's living a life of love and gratitude and positive nature and bringing that into every aspect of your life. One of my favorite sweatshirts I wear is this hug dealer on it because, you know, I just go around delivering hugs to the, uh, <laughs> to the people around me. Mm-hmm. So I think those are kinds of the attitudes. There's a final attitude that I think is very important is that when you run into a problem, solve it. Mm-hmm. It's this notion that a great juicy problem deserves getting solved. You get hit with a problem, it's like, ah, oh, shit, you know, what am I going to do now? And you need to flip it to, okay, mm-hmm. you know, screw it. I'm going to solve this problem. I'm going to refuse to let this problem stop me, slow me down. I'm going to nail it. I'm going to solve it. And I'm going to grow from it. And that mindset is what makes a great entrepreneur as well. So there's four, sorry, not three. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, because that's something that people can adapt in the next 24 hours, and that changes their future, just having those mindsets. So that's great. You know, I had kids at 50 years old. They're six now, and I want to enjoy my great-grandchildren. That would be amazing. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Dan. A pleasure as always.